The year is 1996. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year Reborn. Hello, and welcome to My Marvelous Year. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today, we are covering what was going to be our last episode of 1996. I'm actually thinking I'm going to call it an audible. I think I'm going to add one to 1996. But today, I know, I know, wildness, we're going to talk about Heroes Reborn, the big Marvel Universe reboot for the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Captain America, and Iron Man, bringing in our favorite image boys, Back to the Marvel Universe, we're going to talk about all of it. It's a really fascinating historical moment in Marvel Comics, if not a fascinating read in and of itself, but that's why we're here to talk about it. Now, with me today, he ran through a portal. He was trying to stop a monster, and he ran through a portal, and his whole life started over again. And he actually has been recording from uh, the golden age of Marvel to present day, doing it all again. It's Zachary Bourne. How's it going, Zach? Good. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. The the only problem is recording with a uh, life model decoy. He does like his jokes are so predictable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he, all, he loves to sing on recording. I always got to cut that out. And uh, <laughs> hang on, just let me close out know. this tab of lyrics I had prepped for uh, a moment later in the show. <laughs> Just uh, Your, uh, Hamilton lyrics to sing there. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm just waiting for his face to fall off, uh, and then you know I can I can find a real host to record with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sadly, no, Charlotte is is not here. My uh, you know my attempt to replace my life model decoy. Um, she's uh, she's out sick today. Well, you know what I happened. Think. You know what happened with Charlotte is mm. much like the Marvel universe, the coolest and the best characters. They stay in Earth six one six. They don't have to <laughs> yeah. get reborn. Charlotte just stayed. She's the Spidey in the X Men, right? Of the Marvel U. Zach, you and I, <laughs> we're the stinkers. We're the clunkers. <laughs> we're here to talk heroes reborn. Well, okay, here we go. When the chicks are away, no, no, the hen. Then the hens are away. Mm-hmm. The chickens will lay. It's a classic egg. saying. It's a it's a famous uh, saying. And eggs are symbols of birth. And maybe rebirth, like Heroes Reborn. Oh, oh killed it with that segue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See how it was beautiful. There? Oh, also, we should mention we are reading Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, eighty-four through eighty-seven. This is a uh, GM D. Mateus. Uh, GM joint General Motors. D. Oh yeah, J- JM. I, I said it, and I was like, hmm, that sounded weird in my mouth, but yeah, yeah. I think it was right. <laughs> I would, I would drive a GM D. Mateus. I feel like that would be incredible Ooh, yeah. quality. Oh, yeah, that's right. Great. It would be very durable. People would be like, wait a minute, what is that car? What is that Actually, car? A great little like Easter egg wink is for uh, for someone to be driving a GM Demetrius in a. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know how comics like a, a have gotten. Verse. You know how they've gotten way too egregious with like every street sign is a creator's name now. And listen, like I'm very pro movies or comics. 
I was thinking comics. Is this, is movie our movies? You know, falling into no, the same no, trap? because I think the the movies could do it more. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. No, I I think comics are, have gone way overboard. Frankly, mm-hmm. we're like yeah. I, I think of like Gotham City in particular. We're literally every screen, and like I'm very pro celebrating the creators that have that have worked on these things. But I, it's actually very annoying when every corner is like i'm on the corner of snyder and capulo and it's like it's just it's very ham-fisted i think um i I was going somewhere with that zach where was i going (laughs) you you love it that's what you were gonna yeah i guess all i'm saying is i love that thing that i've wait i thought you were starting that you hated it (laughs) you were tired of it i am tired of it but why was i talking about it i zach this is bad this is a bad start i think i I think i'm in the heroes reborn universe and i don't know who i am i've already got amnesia which is (laughs) <laughs> we added in these Doctor Strange issues. We'll talk about them at the end because it might be a surprise to some people. Um, 84 through 87, definitely go read those and come back. We'll, we'll keep that at the end so you can turn the podcast off if you uh, haven't read it yet. But, like, really, really good. Like, the best Doctor Strange we've read, I'd say. Like, for me, at least, easily. Full stop for you. So, yeah, very good. It made me... I, I hope he did more. I saw that, like, the next arc was also Demetrius. Um, yeah, so I added those in. I added those in because you know I was doing the the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness read, and I was like, I've really never read this '90s you know Sorcerer Supreme run too much, and I've had this experience literally three times so far through our My Mother's Year coverage of the '90s, where all of a sudden I stumble into a tiny arc written by Demetrius or Demetrius or or D. I don't think it's Demetrius. I think it's Demetrius. It's just like we've said his name enough where I just I feel like I have to commit. You know, mm-hmm. like if I if I've been getting it wrong the whole time and weirdly, no one has corrected us on this one. There's nothing listeners like doing more, at least on YouTube. Right. And I guess we're not putting these on YouTube, but like nothing they like doing more than correcting a mispronunciation. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolute sure. favorite of fandom. And uh, um, we've never gotten on a YouTube Demetrius clarification. Demetrius. <laughs> It's That's Italian it. Elon Musk uh, pronunciation. Uh-huh. Di Matteis, yeah. So yeah, when th- this G- JM Di Matteis run is excellent, and uh, definitely go read it. But what I was saying with that is that you know I stumbled across yeah. the Moon Knight arc that was incredible. Um, he does like five or six issues with Ron Garney that I love that I've talked about. This Doctor Strange bit, I was like, we got to do these. These are really good. Uh, and then the same thing is going to happen later uh, in 1998 with Man Thing with uh, with artist Liam Sharp. But yeah, so we're going we're gonna to have to talk about those if we have time or if we don't, whatever. But you should definitely read them. We'll include them in the show notes. Uh, we'll also include in the show notes all the issues that we're reading. But frankly, it's very simple. We're reading the first two issues of everything in 1996's Heroes Reborn. Don't be confused. Don't be concerned. Don't be startled that there's a 2021 Heroes Reborn because nostalgia mm-hmm. is a powerful drug and Marvel Which is crazy because are people nostalgic for this? I saw that. I was like, they named another event Heroes Reborn. Are people... I mean, they're still doing they're doing Clone Saga stuff now. Yeah, in like yeah. Twenty twenty one. Well, this so is like this is what I talk about with Clone Saga. The nostalgia, like the nostalgia weaponry, has has gone completely full circle. Right, Clone Saga, Onslaught to a lesser degree, and Heroes Reborn, all pretty famously poorly regarded <laughs> in their time and reviled for years. But then you hit a point like after like 2015, 2016, where 90s nostalgia is just so strong that Marvel was finally like, yeah, let's lean into this. Maybe people love it, actually. Um, and that's kind of what happened with Heroes Reborn. Although it's, the, it's a, the rebooted event there is like, it has nothing to do with the 96 version, except for maybe like weird. one idea. Very weird. It's, it's, it a, weird. it's a classic Ouroboros situation, you know, the, the snake sucking its own dick. Is that the story of Ouroboros? I think I, I think I read a different 
Ouroboros number one <laughs> that you had. Um, yeah, I, I think, was hoping to sneak that by you. <laughs> how could you sneak that by me? In what world? In what world with me actually being present? Unless my headphone fell out, <laughs> there's no way that that gets snuck by one anyone. One of these days, I'll get it by you when you're the, the moment your headphone falls out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch your I, I think you're thinking of Nickelback's Chad Krieger. Right, who I think is on record oh, as being able to do that. I remember there being a big story <laughs> at one point uh, that yeah, he that was, was like, that, "When I was like a kid, an, I did that," and people were like, "Okay, cool, eighth, man." That's a very eighth grade rumor. I remember that Marilyn Manson getting uh, his his lower ribs removed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, I still believe that, that one. That was why that, was that? Uh, I, I didn't even know who Marilyn Manson was, but that was the rumor. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't know his music. I just know him for his flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely Um, so all right actually mean to take us speaking of flexibility the marvel Mm -hmm. universe is extending it is rebooting it is reborning in heroes reborn let's talk a little bit about the history and how we got here so we read x-men onslaught we know that at the end of x-men onslaught all of the avengers and the fantastic four and some anybody else handful of inhumans although they don't really get to show up here um but basically all the non-x-men and Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Heroes of the Marvel Universe, they go running through the Onslaught portal. They basically run into his belly to shut him down. And it works, somehow. I Do you think there's, like, a line there where you could look at, um, like, individual series sales and then be able to, like, easily project who gets to, you know, who gets sucked into this portal and who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's a line there, and it's like, if you sell more comics than this... You get to stay in 616, and if you sell less, you're going in the Onslaught portal. Exactly, right? It's, it's a, it's a yeah. sales-based maneuver. They're they're sending all of these characters out of the regular Marvel Universe because they're struggling, because their books aren't selling. The, the exception to this is Captain America, which was in the midst of a resurgence with Mark Wade and, Mark Wade and Ron Garney on the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one actually led to some fan dismay at the time. And, and even now, where people were like, wait, but that was good. <laughs> that was that was actually getting good, and we threw it here anyway. Th- besides the point, it doesn't matter. All those books weren't doing well, and Marvel, in a very marketing-driven maneuver, not an editorial-driven maneuver even, marketing is like, hey, you know what we need? You know what these books need? They need to be 1990s comics, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's go yeah. back to the image guys. Now, as you all remember, 1991, 1992, Marvel has just massive sales success with the likes of Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, and Rob Liefeld, who are among the founders then when they bounce Marvel to found Image Comics for their own creator own works. Now, they've had varying degrees of success and misfortune and and bad management <laughs> of their own products, right? Um, since that time, but the marketing department at Marvel, and there's an individual who leads this charge who I can't think of their name at the moment, but he sets up a meeting with the Image Founders in 1995. So this puppy's been in the works, right, for, for years. And he's like, hey, we want you to come in and we want to give you almost full reign to take over our struggling franchises, right, Marvel. And you can do them your way basically, is the pitch. Um, Among the image founders, there are those like Todd McFarlane, famously a bet-on-yourself kind of guy, right? Very, very incredible business sense, frankly, who looks at it and is like, no way. (laughs) That's dumb. Why would I do comics for my competitor? Right? That's how McFarlane looks at it. Um, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, they're intrigued. Wilch Portaccio, intrigued. Uh, They're interesting. I mean, at least Liefeld. Like, Liefeld just loves 
those old Marvel comics so much that I'm sure it's just like, I bet for him, it's purely just like, ah, I get to draw Captain America and the Avengers. I love those guys. Like, I, I think he has such affection for uh, for those characters. I wouldn't be surprised if that played a huge part of it. Just like the excitement of uh, being able to do that, whether or not it made business sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, like there's... Although I'm sure it made business sense. Well, I think that's that's the thing to consider here too, though, is it's when Marvel goes to the image guys, and I'm saying guys intentionally, they're all dudes, <laughs> but when Marvel goes to them and says, you know, here's this opportunity, it's not like image is, is surging and overtaking Marvel, right? Like, like all of comics is struggling in 1995 at this point, right? Like the boom that the image creators experienced in 92 and 93, they follow a somewhat similar wave. So it's not like Liefeld and even Lee are riding crazy high on what they've created image since that time. McFarlane's in a bit of a different camp because he's launched stuff like McFarlane Toys by this point, right? And Spawn's, you know, on a fast track to getting a movie, right? He's actually doing better, I think, than the rest of his image counterparts. Um, but for Liefeld and Lee, it's like, you know, trying something like this. And again, like, this is not driven by any story. This is driven by the sales and marketing opportunity of having these names return to Marvel. And for a short time, it worked. These were big number one issues, right? Like people were very intrigued just to see like, what's this going to be like, right? And, and it was one of those things too, where it's like, it's only been, you know, four years or whatever since the time. But it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, when they left, you know, there was n there was no thinking of like, oh, maybe they'll come back at some point, you know? So that's kind yeah, of a big right. deal that they do and that they're relaunching the Marvel Universe, basically, you know? Or, and and or to make it clear... They didn't come back as much as Marvel came to them, right? Because they actually, like, pushed this work out under Wildstorm Productions and Extreme Studios, Liefeld and Lee's companies. Yeah, yeah. The books so, like, get to come out which, through which so the weird. individual image studios with yeah. minor Marvel editorial oversight for certain really things. Strange. Which is, I mean, that is a win for Image, right? That is a win for those founders that, in three to four years' time, who comes crawling to them? With a literal yeah. million yeah, dollar yeah, offer, right? with a literal yeah. million dollar offer plus payouts for like you know profit sharing based on how the books do, right? This is a Which godfather well, offer, so, yeah. I think financially, yeah. where Marvel is desperate. They are desperate, and that's a win for the image founders for sure. That they're like, we bet on ourselves as talent. Um, and you're coming crawling back to us with all your cash in hand to get us to do this. So it's understandable why Jim Lee. Liefeld, uh, um, Protasio come back and want to do this thing. It sets the stage for an interesting opportunity, right? It sets the stage for what we've talked about a number of times now as early potential Ultimate Universe flavor, right? In the in the early two thousands, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I kept thinking. I was like, oh, this is kind of like the Ultimate Universe, but before it, mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, it's know. an it's an attempt. It's a little. It's a little different because it's not just straight up doing the Marvel Universe, but like it, it really mm -hmm. is like it's not like they launch into this and the characters remember the onslaught experience, at least not initially, right? They don't, no, they and, don't and start they're retelling with these... origins, right? Like yeah, they're retelling. Tony origins. Stark does not have the armor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, right. No, so it's like straight up, like hey, let's redo these for the modern age, and let's see what comes of it. Um, when you read the first couple issues of each of these, you know, you get a really good flavor for. What was the vision for retelling these origins, for bringing these characters into the image style, into Lee and Liefeld's own style? Um, 
I have to say, there's one of these that I actually think works surprisingly well. And the other three are very bad. <laughs> and I, let me start here, I suppose. Wait, I want to see if we think the same one. Because I think one of these, I wouldn't even say surprisingly well, but I think one of them is passable and the other three are pretty intolerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's start here then, because here's what I'm going to say. Jim Lee did not come mm-hmm. to play. Jim Lee brought nothing to the table. And mm-hmm. I agree. I love me some Jim Lee art. Like I when Jim Lee is involved on a project, I love it generally. Okay? I don't think Lee is a great storyteller. I think no. At best, <laughs> no. At best, like when he is driving the story, you know, I I think at best we get something like trying to think like like even the even the x-men stuff it's like how much of that is claremont saving the day you know and still being that like like trying to think of the stuff lee did without claremont there are moments there are moments of interesting stuff um but other than that like his wildcats i don't like (laughs) and i until he's smart enough and a lot of the image guys are smart enough to be like hey let's give alan moore a call and suddenly the ideas <laughs> let's let's give someone who actually knows how to write and didn't just like i don't know elbow elbow their way in because of their drawing talent yeah to be able to write yeah you know because like that i mean that's the like that's the flaw of all these comics i mean rob liefeld's it's just just one of the worst writers in comic books we've ever experienced it's incredible well, he's not he's not the writer though is the thing like he's a plotter doesn't, doesn't he write captain america i thought that was his writing no he plots but he's i don't think he's ever writing the dialogue he jeff loeb is involved mm. chuck dixon's involved oh you're on right, those comics you're right, yeah. it took three well, well, it took Loeb's three guys it took rob liefeld <laughs> it took jeff loeb and it took chuck dixon all together to think hey we should open this with the pledge of allegiance <laughs> that's how many has <laughs> and, and, and to like get the facts right they say something about like these are the words that uh, American values were founded on. It's like the Pledge of Allegiance was like 1945. <laughs> Ridiculous. It used to be like uh, the Pledge of Allegiance used to say like one people, one language, one flag. And then they just changed it in the 40s when they wanted to. One like, life, one love, you two <laughs> rise above. You know that one? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's, I, I mean, not a hint of irony to it. Uh, but oh, also no. not a hint of like visual interest. Hang on, hang Captain on. America You're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. We're baby. not jumping ahead. We're talking about Captain America. No, Let's we're not. We're talking it. about Jimothy Lee, up, and we're talking about right. Fantastic Four. All right. And what else on. is he on? Uh, yeah, he helps with Avengers, I guess. I don't think Jim Lee has the chops for the storytelling, and I. It's hard to tell how interested he is in any of this, frankly. Like, I don't know. Here's the thing. Like his Fantastic Four. I guess on one hand, the positive would be like. It's a faithfulish retelling, you know. No, that's terrible. That's the that's the bad. Part I know, that, like... I know. But I'm saying I can see. <laughs> I agree, but I can see people being like, "I'm glad it's faithful," but it's so boring <laughs> to it's just so do the boring. same. It thing. Literally, is just like let's take the 1962 original origin and we'll just like make it 90s, and then there's nothing else new about it. It's just like the art looks a little more modern. It's not the, even that know, 90s that they... though. Is the thing, you know. Like it's it's not. I mean, I guess you know he kind of he kind of fixes the um, the space flight right where it's it's not just like four strangers walking into <laughs> walking into <laughs> yeah, NASA and I stealing mean, a rocket. But you know, yeah, but, but that takes know, the joy the out of it don't too. Matter. There's no yeah. There's no fun. But there's, there's no fun tweaks. Like no none. Why none. Wingfoot being a secret agent of 
of Doctor Doom in this? Is that like I don't. He starts as like a kind of corrupt semen agent. Yeah, I mean. there's nothing fun about it. Like, there aren't any really interesting tweaks. It actually really makes me appreciate the Ultimate Universe introduction of the Fantastic Four, even though I think mm-hmm. that's I know. relatively Who muddled, but it makes me appreciate, like, yeah, they tried something at least. Um, I know. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that, I mean, Ultimate Fantastic Four is not one that sticks out to me, but, like, no. that feels fresh in comparison. Yeah. They make a couple significant tweaks. This, yeah. You know what the, the biggest thing, bummer like, about it is? There's not uh-huh. a single page here, not a single one. Where I'd be like, oh, Jim Lee. Oh, look at that art. Mm, oh, no, I'll, I'll give you, I'll argue with you on two pages. Okay. There are two big okay. splashes. The first time we see the thing, pretty cool. I like his thing a lot. Page. I like his thing. But yeah. also, like, at the same time, Sue Storm's butt is, like, front and center arced up, like, pointed at the camera. It's really ridiculous. I just, uh, the, I, the here's the thing. Story. Here's the thing. If we're, <laughs> we talked about, there was the thing. There was Ben Grimm. Here's the other thing. I wish the 90s understood butts better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're because pretty bad at it if too, these like. comics were like oh they're so sexualized and, and these women are so you know uh the drawn so crassly and with so much you know skin showing but none of the artists understand butts <laughs> like they, they, really funny, they draw yeah. them all like these really pointy tiny things and it's like we missed it we missed our window jim lee, jim lee gets closer than most and i will say he improves over the next decade because i just read all-star batman and robin better butts and that that opens up with like Vicky Vale just uh, wandering around in her underwear and has like literal just close ups on her butt in panties. And he draws a good butt now. You're telling uh, I mean, me people don't like stupid. that comic with a description like that? <coughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, oh, yeah. If you want to hear me talk about that with one of our listeners, there's a bonus episode on the Patreon. I can't feed, believe you read is... All Star Batman and Robin without me. That was going to be one of yeah. our bad comics reads. Oh, sorry. Wow. It's a. Uh, this is like Netflix cheating. Me- it's medium bad. It's a. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not Marvel bad. It's like medium bad. Okay, I'll say. Okay, let's talk I about that. I'm now. not hurt. It's just I'd rather talk about that again than talk about the rest of these heroes reborn comics. Okay, no. So the um the thing looks cool, and then there's one splash page of Namor sulking on his throne that I think is like a pretty good piece of Jim Lee art. Sure. Okay. And then besides that, yeah, no, it's very boring. It's a dud. <laughs> comic. It's a dud. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and, no, and that, that sucks. I think the Fantastic Four is the least of these, Cause for it, sure. Because that's the thing about this opportunity is like, all right, if we're going to do this, right? If you're if you're going to commit and these guys are going to get all this money, do your version of the flipping Fantastic Four. Like, really it's do also, it. Like, if Own you want it. Fantastic Four, people are like, well, Fantastic Four doesn't sell. This is not a, a sexy property anymore. Uh-huh. Find a way to make it exciting and sexy. <laughs> Like, like, find something new about it that people will be like, oh, Reed Richards is bi now? I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that would have been a bold play in, but in like, 96, yeah. But um, literally, it's just like, they, they get on the rocket, they get their powers, they run into Mole Man, issue two, Namor, the big whale comes on. to Like, he's just retelling those early issues, and he's not retelling them in, like, a fun, interesting way. No. There's nothing new about it. No. Yeah. I, it's, it's such a bummer. Stinky. It really is. Because it's like, you know, we, we joke about it, and we clown on it, but, like, Sue Storm's boob window and the Fantastic Four running around with giant guns on the cover. Like, th- like Tom DeFalco and, and the creative team there, they were trying harder to update the Fantastic Four than this does. You know? Mm-hmm. They were trying yeah, harder sure. to, like, do something different with the franchise. Uh, than this does, and I don't even like those comics that much. But they're they're definitely more interesting. There's more meat on the bones there. Yeah, so I, I found that a tremendous bummer. Um, okay, so l- I guess let's do this. Let's on the count of three. Let's say the one that we think is actually the best of the bunch. Okay. Okay. 
One, two, three. Captain America. Iron Man. <laughs> okay. So, although I'll start? say it's, it's a pretty thin, it's a pretty thin margin. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say above this, it goes Fantastic Four at the bottom, and then Avengers Cap Iron Man. But you know, yeah, not that much daylight between them. After Fantastic Four, I think there's a, a little bit more daylight between Fantastic Four and the rest, and then there's not that much daylight between the other three. Okay, okay. Tell tell me why you liked Iron Man so much. Why was, oh, why, was why, it, I why was it your favorite it so comic? Much? No, <laughs> that's that's not true. Uh, why I disliked it less? I I mean, I think the um the art looks nice. I I kind of appreciate him like folding in a bunch of new stuff here. Right? It is not the like he, he's not doing Tony Stark in you know uh Korea and making who's who's he let's let's do let's do creators oh yeah because i want to i want to be clear we got jim lee and scott lobdell right right? lobdell dialogue writing we got leon plots we got will spartaccio penciling and yeah really uh, good art i really like will spartaccio's art and have we seen him before i know that name but i don't know if we've seen him in the club yeah yeah definitely an uncanny x-men uh he's he's on x-factor and x-men with lee and then uh and then leaves to go do image so we don't see a ton of him but you know he's around for bishop and i couldn't i couldn't remember but i really like i really like this art um, and I just, I kind of appreciated that this was, like, doing something entirely new with Iron Man, right? Like, it, it's familiar, like, it's the same character, but mm-hmm. he's, like, he's also folding in other stuff, so, like, this is also the origin of the Hulk. Like the I like the that merger. I think that's actually smart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, in this version of the Hulk is kind of fun, and it's, like, a different story for the Hulk. So, uh, maybe I just appreciated that he was doing different origins. Sure. For it, like, yeah. Bruce Banner is not just, <laughs> he's not saving Rick Jones here. And, uh, and Iron Man is not building his... Uh, so really, really for his... you, oh, I see it now. It's because they cut Rick out of the proceedings. That's why you love yeah, this. Yeah, anything, anything that cuts Rick out, yeah. Uh, anything that puts Rick in a corner. Literally. Yeah, but anything. still, not great. Mostly that, like, I think the comic reads a little easier, and the art is pretty nice, and it had a little bit of, like, originality to it. Which you could say the same thing about Captain America. Uh, I, I can see that too. I think Captain America at least is trying something new. I think it's extremely dumb and like bird-brained, but uh, it is trying something new with him. Okay, very critical of some good comics. Oh yeah, right oh there. yeah. I mean, Rob Liefeld is. I mean, just truly <laughs> one of our our dumbest. <laughs> like, and I, I feel bad saying that because I, I've appreciated some of his work, but the the work he puts out is just. Well, I mean, when he's writing. Because I was reading this and being like, man, I just wish he would let other people handle, like, entirely the writing and he stayed out of the, like, the the writing, the plots. Like we did with Louise Simonson. Because I could get behind his style with a comic that did not read as the most, like, just basic, boring, like, uh, Captain America. He loves, he friggin' loves the flag. I love at one point, this is before he knows he's Captain America. His wife's like, we really gotta paint the house. But I'm not gonna let you choose the colors because you choose red, white, and blue. What kind of a psychopath <laughs> would paint their house red, white, and blue? <laughs> That's it's so funny, but it says so matter of factly. And then the next line, he gets in the car with his buddy going to work, and he's like, "Hey, have I ever told you how much I love my wife and son?" And, uh, and he's like, "Just only every morning, Steve." Yeah, yeah, right. How it- <laughs> That's really funny detail. But I don't think it's meant to be funny. I don't think he they think this is funny. I think they're just being like, "Yeah, he's just a great dad." And, uh, great patriot <laughs> yeah i think there's some i think there's some humor but not a ton um i, I actually like these couple cap issues more way more than the rest of the proceedings uh it, first off liefeld gets a lot 
of critique as an artist, you know, for sure, right? For Wild Anatomy, and obviously there's a, there's a particular moment in Avengers that we'll have to talk about because it's incredible. Um, and there's a famous Cap issue or um, a cover from this era where, you know, oh, his packs are the size of, of Jupiter, mm-hmm. right? And it's obviously that one gets shared a ton, right? And Lifefall comes under critique for that and like like there, there's a reason right these things stand out i had somebody I know, you and i i shared i, I shared a tweet with the uh the one of the moments in avengers and somebody was like yeah, yeah but every page before this was pretty good people always share this one and i'm like yeah no like no wonder like like of course they do it's absolutely absurd <laughs> well, to, to be fair you say that all the time when i point out like a horrifically bad panel. You're no, 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 no. You're doing the- panel. You're doing the modern panel zoom in BS that was not applicable when the comics no, were no, created. No, no. I'm talking about like. No, you're zooming Bagley, in. Mark Bagley face. Look at how bad it is on this page, and you're like. When you do oh, panel you zoom in BS, I'm talking stand out on the page. No, I don't do the. Pa- no, I think that's fine. The little like I always think it's funny when people in the background have tiny little smiley faces. <laughs> No, I don't do that. Yes, you do. Uh, you you you've called out the like. Well, you can't judge an artist based on just one panel, which is true. You're you're correct, but I don't know who I'm yelling at now. Uh, I I think you and I are actually like pretty aligned in that we kind of think Liefeld is fun uh, more than he is awful. Like for his his right or his drawing style. And and the cap issues are plenty fun. I think. Um, yeah. As far yeah, as the I style, think I think they, they generally are. flow well. They generally look decent. I actually think there's like, they almost stumble on a pretty, so there's kind of two threads to Captain America Reborn. One is amnesiac Steve Rogers, who doesn't realize he's Captain America, getting pulled back mm-hmm. into all the intrigue and, and you know, the that world by this, this Heroes Reborn version of Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. and et cetera, right? There's that thread um which has the crazy detail that it turns out his family his wife and son are actually life model decoys which i gotta tell you as a family man as a father tough blow <laughs> tough blow to find out that your well, life least, was uh, you know, was just living with uh life model decoys <laughs> right that's I, always i, I would one. agree except that it's so oh my god it, it's the funniest part of this comic that captain america is upset for like a page and a half and then Nick Fury is like, well, listen up. Do you want to become Captain America and join the government again? Or do you want to be, you know, like brainwashed and to believe in your perfect suburban life again? And Cap's like, fine, I'll join you. But we'll do it my my way this time. Mm-hmm. And then he just moves on and he's like, forgive and forgets so quickly. It is the, the, the speed at which he gets over finding his wife, finding out that his wife and son are robots is astounding. It's, yeah really really funny yeah no, I, did you read I, I actually read the next issue of this because yeah they do go down pretty quick and the the first was five little, was curious. of cap all yeah. more or less take place before any of the rest of the heroes born reborn universe um sure and i actually yeah. it's all kind of again because i think it's moderately interesting um i did yeah i read the rest of it i i actually think the funniest part of captain america number two is the cover which teases <laughs> the robot-like nature of Steve's wife, but does so by having a floating head coming out of his thigh. <laughs> the cover it's, that cover it is, is baffling. so There's weird, a head and an arm floating. I would. I tried for a good five minutes to figure out like what is happening here. Like what I is know, yeah. what is this supposed to be? It looks insane. Well, even in the context of the comic, it's still a very confusing image. Yes, even when you know, it's still badly. <laughs> it's still 
badly drawn cover. I actually think that one deserves more attention because that is super weird. There's just a head and an arm floating. It looks like yep. somebody photoshopped them in like way after the fact, like way after it was done, you know? Super yeah. bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, so what I want to say though is the other thread of Cap, that I, the one that I actually find almost accidentally interesting. And I'll, I'll mention here, so we got Jeff Loeb writing, dialoguing. We got Pencils by Leifold, Inks by John Sabal, Colors by, uh, I guess, Leifold Studio, it seems like. Um, the other thread is like, okay, there's Masterman and there's the Red Skull, and they're scheming for like an American Civil War. To do so, um, they are, you know, doing a lot of like stump speeches about how, um, you know, immigrants and foreigners and people of color are like stealing your jobs and and mm-hmm. white folks, yeah, you know, classic. true Americans, yeah. right, quote unquote, um, you know, right to, to happiness. That stuff's applicable. That stuff is relevant. That stuff is coming out of politicians' mouths right now. And it is wild to see, you know, because obviously this is ham-fisted, right? It's extreme. Um, Here's a quote from Masterman. Some of you are looking at the swastika behind me, or you've heard in the media that the World Party is another name for the Nazi Party. Well, the Nazis lost, and we're not losers, right? Like, just a politician (laughs) just, like, straight up having a swastika behind them and owning it, but then still continuing and people buying into that? Like... I wish it was harder to believe. You know what I mean? Um, I guess so. Th- yeah. Listen, this comic is not incredibly smart, scathing commentary, but the general thread, the general plot of that is apl- is applicable and is interesting. And it's the only one of these Heroes Reborn comics that comes even close to anything like that. The detail that I really liked that I, I wish, you know, was like, I think it's a really interesting detail and it, it doesn't, there's no real, like, depth to it or discussion they kind of like stumble onto something i think it's more interesting than they <laughs> have the uh, the ability to like flesh out is that the reason that captain america was brainwashed and put into this like suburban life and is kept on ice this whole time is that he refused to go along with harry s truman dropping the bomb on the Jap- japanese mm. right like they wanted his endorsement and he was like absolutely not uh i don't think we should be doing this and just for like that's actually a great idea I think kind of an unpopular opinion, definitely an unpopular opinion at the time in the nineties. Now still kind of an unpopular opinion to like really criticize the government for that. Uh huh. Like it's, it's, uh, I don't, I don't so think it's, can I, can I tell you something? Cause I've actually been reading a weird amount about this because we just covered the Manhattan projects on Hickmania right, yeah. for, for yeah, comic yeah. Herald. And, uh, so I read, uh, this, uh, Pulitzer prize winning biography of J. Robert Oppenheimer. It's called American mm-hmm. Prometheus. And in that biography, this, they stated some things that I don't, I didn't know at all about it because my my learning of the atomic bomb dropping was, you know, in high school, and I may have even talked about this before. Um, they, I remember distinctly writing a paper, and they were like, "Were we right to do this?" And like all the information I had at the time, like at sixteen, was like it helped America win the war, and if we hadn't, so many lives would have been lost continuing to fight the Japanese. Right, like yeah. that's what I yeah, knew. Yeah. That's that's the classic line of like, "Oh yeah, they calculated exactly how many people would have died, and it was more." Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah. reading reading American Prometheus, <laughs> I was struck yeah. by, and again, I'm, I'm this Pulitzer Prize winning work. I'm assuming some historical accuracy here. Um, this was well. The bombs were dropped well after Hitler killed himself and Germany surrendered. Mm-hmm. Okay, point mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Point two. Japan was literally trying to surrender for months. It was just a matter of agreeing to terms and allowing them to maintain, like the Emperor of Japan. Like they didn't. Like the one thing they didn't want to do was unconditional surrender. But they literally wanted mm-hmm. to surrender. Yeah. They were done. They they lost. Okay, and then we dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? And the absolute horror 
and devastation of that. I just, it, those pieces of it, I didn't know. I actually think having Captain America in that position and saying, no, this is grotesque. We can't use this thing. It's a really interesting conversation to have. But then in the comic, I, I agree. I totally agree. Because th- that, that's the part that stood out to me. Because um, I always love a cap that like fights against the government. You know, right, it's like, right. you know, it shows up to the president's office and then it's like, oh, oh, that? Uh, no, sorry. Oh, I'm out of here. But this time he literally like stomps out of the room and they show the panels of him walking out of the room yelling like something about like, my First Amendment rights give me the right to protest you, Mr. President. And then a panel of him slamming the door and it really feels like he's having a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. The, the way that it's framed is very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a good moment, and it's a very good like Captain America moment. That's the kind of stuff I love from Captain America. There's nothing hokier than Constitution quoting Cap. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, truly, truly, truly. I especially I, he's quoting it at the president. That's the yeah, that's yeah, really right. I, I appreciate him living and embodying ideas within that, but yeah, the actual quoting is super heavy handed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to oversell this. And like, oh man, if you read anything, you gotta read. <laughs> Heroes Reborn Cap. But if you're going to read Heroes Reborn, the Captain America issues, I think, are far and away the best. I think they have the most to chew on. They have the most yeah. relevance. Um, and they look fine. This is this is Liefeld's art mm-hmm. as it stood in 96. And he's doing, frankly, like, this is why, not literally why, but, like, you know, this is, this is what he could bring to the table, um, potentially, when he was engaged in getting things done. <laughs> Which, you know, we, we don't have to go, like, in super depth about this, but... Liefeld's ability to actually complete the comics that he's supposed to be doing for Marvel uh, at all, not to forget, forget just a timely basis, but just complete them, um, that is his undoing here. Uh, he, he only does, like, half of all the issues he's contracted for, basically, by the end of this. And Heroes Reborn becomes this saga of, like, all sorts of creators coming in and trying to fill in and finish the job. Like, Walt Simonson comes in at some point to finish Avengers, Okay, um, but like you know, like the Liefeld experiment is cut even shorter than the short-lived Heroes Reborn, which is ninety-six through ninety-seven, um, because he's he basically just like he just stops getting stuff done in in the way that it's needed to, and it actually is kind of the beginning, in some ways, of like him having a bunch of problems with the rest of Image too, um, and then that leads to lawsuits, and there's a whole Image Comics history there. But so that like there's not. Uh, there's not a full arc here. There's not a full like. Oh, and by the end of this, because it never ends. It's just it's just a kickoff. It just just ends right. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just over and it gets folded. I don't know. Are you gonna read Heroes Return? Can I just tell what happens? <laughs> <sighs> I feel like we probably should, uh, primarily because 1997 is is weak, um, and it's it's yeah. We'll read it because it's it's worth talking about. Kind of what what is happening and. We won't spoil it for now. Um, let's talk Avengers a little bit. So Avengers, the other series we haven't talked about, we got Rob Liefeld, Jim Valentino on plot. We got pencils here. A little bit by Liefeld, but mostly by Chap Yap. <laughs> that can't be how you say that. <laughs> Inks by John Sybil, Marlo Alkiza, uh, Colors by Liefeld Studio again. <sighs> Avengers, I think, it's not quite as bad as Fantastic Four in terms of like, hey, just play the hits. Yeah, but it's a similar vibe, I think. For a, the a most little, part. I mean, it, it's it, 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 yeah, it's a little bit. It's less like let's just do the nineteen sixty two comic again or nineteen sixty three. Um, it's a little bit less that and more like let's just like round up everything the Avengers have been through the sixties up to like the Vision era, mm-hmm. right? Like 
to get Vision and Scarlet Witch in there and like Hawkeye and Swordsman. Um, uh, don't I, forget I don't know, the like, feral beast Hellcat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is the most interesting, interesting choice here by far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who uh, Vision shows up in her room? Everyone's so horny for Vision in this. It's really funny. Yeah, uh, she he like pops into her room. And she was like, Vision, can I teach you to give me a massage? <laughs> or vice versa, I'm trying to learn how to massage someone. Can I massage you? That's what it was. Can you imagine um, massaging Vision? Yeah, and he literally is just like, oh, I don't have, uh, you know, sense neurons in my uh, shoulders. So <laughs> this feels like nothing to me. And she's just like, Rawr. It would be the least satisfying <laughs> massage for both parties. Because you couldn't, <laughs> because you couldn't, you'd have no satisfaction, right? You wouldn't feel any knots coming out. And then he would sex prank you, and all of a sudden you're falling <laughs> through him, and who knows where it goes from there, right? Oh, it just, oh man. Yeah. Unsatisfying. Yeah, there's, massage. there's some funny stuff in here. I, I do like, is this Liefeld? This is Liefeld's art, right? Some. If we're not talking yep. chap yap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, chap. Um,. I really like some of the costume designs that come here. Like Scarlet Witch gets like her cape kind of looks like wings yeah. and feathers coming out. That's really fun. I like the swordsman's new design. Um, Thor looks fun. So I kind of like the the life felding of, uh, of these costumes. Did you, did you have a so conniption when you realized Captain America didn't have an A on his forehead, but instead had the wings of an eagle? I don't think I noticed. Okay. Apparently that was a big deal at the time. Um, I was reading in the, the 90s American Comic Book Chronicles, which I quite love and I've recommended a few times. Check it out. Uh, apparently, that was one of the bigger controversies among fandom that Liefeld oh, got yeah, rid of the Oh, yeah, he's got like a. an American flag on his forehead. Yeah, it yeah. looks fine. <laughs> it looks totally fine. It looks I didn't even totally notice. totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> I got no problem with Cap not having an A. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing Avengers does, it, 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 kind of similar to Iron Man, is like... It retells that sort of Loki-ish origin, but it does it by doing a Thor origin as well. We get a Thor origin going. Um, so it kind of merges ideas. Uh, it's not horribly unsuccessful in that regard. Uh, Avengers as a series is very Asgardian, actually. Um, it is, even as it progresses, like there's a lot of Enchantress and Executioner. Loki remains super prevalent throughout it. Um, mm -hmm. And it has the best villainous reveal in the history of marvel comics um bar none bar none at I, the I end remember at the end of the first issue like the issue kind of ends but then it continues and we see loki oh, yes yeah we that's see loki talking to someone we don't know who he's talking to and there's uh -huh. six panels uh progressively zooming in on loki's eyes as he's frantically discussing and then the panel next to them the right rail all the way up and down the page is the Enchantress, Amora, mm -hmm. blonde, green costume, Perfectly proportioned. very, very classic <laughs> Psylocke bikini, a la Jim Lee. Her legs, <laughs> her legs are no joke, eight feet long. <laughs> they go, they go all the way down to the floor. <laughs> um, the, it is, I, so I tweeted this image because I, this is truly, it is such a delightful moment. <laughs> I laugh That's so crazy. hard because the thing about it is, is, you know, sometimes people like, like we were talking about earlier, like people cherry pick Liefeld art that they don't like or whatever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can think that's like kind of whatever. That's not the point. This is meant to be a big reveal, right? In the experience of reading the comic book, mm -hmm. the page yeah. turn to this moment is a big deal. And it is hilarious. It is it's so really delightfully funny how badly proportioned her legs are i tweeted this out zach i no joke 
upwards of 50 Stiltman references. Upwards of 50 people <laughs> making some sort of reference to her looking like Stiltman, which is true. Which is true. It is so delightful. I love it. I love it. I love it. It was one of my favorite things that we've read in 1990s Oh comics. my god, you like really blew up with this. How did you, I mean, people know about this this uh, this image. You really blew up with this tweet. I'm looking now. You got like 1,100 likes on this. Oh, I'm shocked you didn't, uh, you didn't uh, see it yourself since you're so constantly on Twitter these days. Oh, sorry. Did I not mention on the podcast that I'm not on Twitter anymore? Yes, says the man currently looking at Twitter. <laughs> well, I opened it up to see your specific. Yeah, your specific yeah, yeah. Of course uh, I blew up. Really I'm big and I'm fantastic. That's not the point. The point <laughs> is this image is delightful. It's also you know what? It is emblematic say, this... of, of yeah. kind of this experience of Heroes Reborn where it is like, hey, remember how we said Marvel Editorial had very slight oversight? <laughs> Yeah, as an example. Yeah, well, it's weird because you actually think with with how closely this hues to like classic Marvel stories, you would think that that Marvel was maybe pushing it more uh, that they had to like stick to this. That like, yeah, if these guys had their their entire freedom, they would you know turn this into like Wildcats or whatever you know, and go like full blown like everything is just X Factor. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they don't. It, it all hues very closely to the, like traditional Marvel stuff. I, I just before we get going, I want to point out it is Chap Yape, uh, just so that we're not laughing at a uh, a made up name that we're mispronouncing this man's name and then we're making fun of him for it. Oh, tomato, uh, it tomato. Chap Yape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who was twenty one when he was drawing this? Dang! Absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. Like very, very impressive. Shouts to yeah, Chap. Yeah, I, I found like I just found a profile from uh, where. Where the hell is this? Oh, from Entertainment Weekly had a profile of him when he was uh, 19 in 1994. So this guy was a little bit of a hotshot superstar. Okay, write to us. MyMarvelousYear at gmail.com. What happened to Chap next? Where does Chap go from here? Because I've never heard of this individual, as evidenced by my very bad mispronunciation. It looks like he moved into TV. Like He worked on the art department for Ben 10 and uh, the Fast and Furious spy show that's on Netflix right now, the Guardians of the Galaxy TV show, Ultimate Spider-Man, your fave. Oh, way so, to go, Chap. Uh, it looks like he moved into storyboarding TV. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, good for you, Chap. Good job, Chap. Uh, I actually kind of like the name Chap. I think about it. Well, mm, and now I think about it, and now I'm like, ooh, that, that stings. A little bit of chapping. Chap lips. No fun. Mm-hmm. No fun. Got how, yeah. how many times a day do you put chapstick on your lips? I wish we were putting in one of those. Uh, what? How many times a day do you put chapstick on your lips? I don't. Most of the day. Never? Most of the time. Unless, no, not unless like I'm. You got to do more smooching. Lips. Your lips are too moist. I'm saying that the reason your lips are so chapped is because you put chapstick on them all the time. Oh, or see, I do. Their, I do kind of buy that theory. Yeah, yeah. I think big chap. I think big chap industry <laughs> is is a total scam, and that every time you use chapstick, it's just making you hungrier for more chapstick. I do think that's. True. I wish we were doing one of our uh, like ball shave and lotion ads in this episode because uh, I could have done a real nice segue with that chap conversation. Yeah, I don't actually see them. Um, oh, chapped balls? No, thank you. I don't think we need yeah. that conversation. Oh, that's my. I mean, that's ooh, that's my cross to bear. <laughs> but not anymore with uh with i can't think of a funny one besides can't even naturally segue and add here um okay but since we're talking about chat balls we probably have said all we need to say about heroes reborn 
I Agreed. think that <laughs> seems likely. Let's talk about Doctor Strange a little bit because this was yeah. great, and I I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, I'm really glad you added this, if for nothing else, to have like a comic that I really enjoyed on the list. Yeah, that was the that was the intention. Um, so Doctor yeah. Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. This is actually the end of this run, which started very late '80s. And runs, you know, up until this point in 1996. Again, uh, poor, poor Stevie Strange. His series gets canceled. He doesn't even make it to the Heroes Reborn universe. Uh, but it's that era, right? It is that era of Marvel making cutbacks on uh, on everything right now, except and, for X-Men. and this is Demetrius doing a very short run. He does 84 through 90. We're reading 84 mm-hmm. through 87 here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. <clears throat> I'm sure the next three are good too. Oh, excuse me. J.M. DiMatteis. <laughs> Thank you I for the correction. To. Yes, I appreciate yeah, you getting that right. Uh, yeah, no, so these these are good. You got Mark Buckingham on pencils. Mm-hmm. Buckingham famously goes on to do fables later in their career. This is also technically part of Marvel Edge. We talked about that imprint, um, kind of covering the horror and the violent, scary stuff in Marvel right now. Uh, but mostly... Mostly this storyline is a big... It's actually very reminiscent. Remember the House of the Skull that Demetrius wrote in uh, in the 80s? Right? Uh, It's that, Mm -hmm. but with Baron Mordo and Doctor Strange. So my critique of it is potentially... Oh, he's doing doing the same thing again. Um, But my joy of it is he's doing it well. (laughs) Again. He's doing it so well. (laughs) You know? I mean, this, this comic just like... Demetrius could just like guide you along and like cradle you in his arms and it's just like I mean especially with magic right that's the with with these magic stories it, it just can become so like laden with proper nouns that are meaningless and you know they, they well and and the on... devil's worship right I mean anything talking about magic is sinful and yeah well of course I mean that's why I well yeah I mean we honestly we shouldn't even be talking about this on a Sunday morning but um, <laughs> we do do this every Sunday morning. We, yeah, we need to get to church. <laughs> why are we? Why are we not recording these from a church? I think that is the real question that uh, that everybody needs to be able to answer. Uh, yes, go the, ahead. It, these are good. I that, that 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 like I mean the the problem talking about magic is you just get that like they, they bank on trying to sound significant through like we can just make it sound significant by talking about these proper nouns with a lot of awe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. not really how it works. You have to still ground it in some, like, recognizable stakes. And then you can just go wild with the magic as long as we still have an eye on, like, I guess the stakes, right? Like how about an eye of Agamotto on the stakes? I don't know. I don't know what that... What, you don't know the eye of Agamotto? No, I know what it means, but what are you talking Gosh, about? Gosh, read a comic, you noob. Uh, I, also, you did point out Bill Willingham uh, doing really good work here. But still Mark Buckingham, not Bill Willingham. Mark Buckingham, god damn it. Love making that. Uh, <laughs> Every time, actually, I have it up. On, I'm looking at my fables like collection right now, so I just need to. Every time I need to say his name, I need to look up, see Bill Willingham on the spine, and then say the other name because I I just keep confused. Have you read really all like of Mark fables? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know actually, that no, I read no, wait, past like issue. I have not read sixty or seventy, maybe. Oh no, I have not read issue one fifty, which is the final issue. I've read. You read everything time. except the last issue. <laughs> it, it wasn't out in trade yet. And yeah. I had read all the way up to it, and then I think I got it, and I just never got around to reading it, and then years passed. <laughs> so I haven't read the literal last issue, but, like, it's fine. Um, That's no, what, where yeah. you stopped is fine. It's, it's uh, a cutoff point, I remember. It's distinctly after, like, the big war or whatever. Yeah. yeah, which is good. Like, there's really good stuff after that, but it feels less essential. And now that it's coming back, oof. I think I, I, think I missed my window to continue, I will say. 
it's on uh, it's on DC Universe Unlimited as of last week, which is pretty exciting. Okay. Um, I hope I hope more people get into it because it's a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, Pascal Ferry comes in to do an issue here uh, in the second issue that we read, eighty five. Yeah. And really good. Yeah. Really, really good art here. Absolutely adored his artwork here. I don't think um, we've seen Pascal uh, so far in the club. A great artist. I mean, Goes he must be awesome really stuff. young here because he has not. I, I mean, this. I'm, I'm looking at like his uh, his resume, and it's like. The first thing that you, on on Wikipedia listed is that he does uh, Fantastic Four twenty ninety nine in nineteen ninety six, hmm. um, like real early stuff. So I mean, you know, we all know him from Ultimate Iron Man two, the uh, the best comic. <laughs> the Ultimate that would be series. the one with Orson Scott Card. Is that correct? Yeah, and that's the actually the boring one uh, without the. Blue <laughs> yeah, that's actually the so, less good one. <laughs> yeah, the second one is the the very boring one. Less but, good. Uh, oh, oh boy, I'm I'm describing a lot of things as good today that have no business being described as good, and I just want to apologize <laughs> yeah. publicly for that. I don't I don't actually really know what he's famous for, but uh, I really like I really like this. <sighs> I don't know that I don't know his biggest thing. I know he that just name, did uh, so Spider's cool. Shadow with Chip Zdarsky. That's some really good stuff recently mm. but uh there's got to be a bigger thing because i've he seen was the thor artist with matt fraction during matt fraction's run does he do something thor. with bkv does he do something with the notorious brian cave not maybe at some point that i see no he okay. did uh, grant morrison's seven soldiers of victory limited series mr miracle yeah yeah i've read I it guess. i've I don't read know, it. just two issues <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know anyway uh really good so the doctor strange story here is that baron mordo is like apologizing for he goes to Doctor Strange's life is in turmoil. He goes to the uh, the, the temple where the Ancient One uh, lived, and he learns that Baron Mordo like infected his brain when he was a child with these like tormenting demons, um, basically to throw his life's path off course so that Doctor Strange would never be a threat to Baron Mordo later. Right. Like Baron Mordo was jealous that he would become the Ancient One. Doctor Strange like learns about this, and then Baron Mordo comes out as an old cancer riddled old man dying and asking for forgiveness and like the way that doctor i mean doctor strange just starts beating on him um which is the only which is the only natural reaction to seeing an old cancer (laughs) old man come at you yeah 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 well you know he's like it's a trick you know this can't be real which that's fair Uh, especially after you just learned that this individual may or may not have completely controlled and shaped your life you know I-, I talked about this being very house of the skull you know what else it is that demetis just came off of uh the jackal and the clone saga very that too mm. it, it's, it seems a lot cleaner to me or maybe i just well, never well most comics jackal. are <laughs> significantly cleaner than the clone saga yes yeah yeah that's a good point um yeah so like i i just think like he, he really he does a great job getting in dr strange's head here and almost pivoting into making Doctor Strange the villain of this. Which is always good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really I appreciate it. By the end, it's like, I'm pretty sure Mordo's on the level here. And Doctor Strange's reaction is the one, like, he stomps out being like, Mordo's up to something and I'll stop him. And I, I always like when, yeah, like, the, the hero is, you know, adamant that the, uh, the villains can't change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they mm-hmm. become the villain of the story because they are reacting poorly to someone who is actually innocent here. Yeah. Um, there's there's more than a little bit of like Christ signifying about uh, the ancient one in Doctor Strange here, mm. like his unlimited forgiveness and his like infinite grace towards people. Like no matter like they show that uh, Baron Mordo, like the ancient one catches Baron Mordo inserting like demons into a child Doctor Strange's head, and the ancient one still forgives him when Baron Mordo like apologizes. Like 
uh, and, and that's like a big message of this is just the you know like the the ability of uh, forgiveness or the ability for uh, Doctor Strange to like learn forgiveness here like the ancient one did it's like a, a lesson for him to learn it's very strange I mean maybe there's some, some Buddhist stuff wrapped in there too but see I think the I think the ancient one should have all Christ-like that like to me religious spiritual overtones wrapped into him I actually yeah. think that I mean the ancient one runs a cult <laughs> like like they should definitely I mean they like if they don't have a religious following who should <laughs> so mm-hmm. I dig that yeah. yeah I think that's a, a good exploration and then uh, I, I kind of I don't love the direction it takes which is that like then Doctor Strange is kidnapped and it's like oh it's Baron Mordo and his daughter Astrid Mordo and but then Baron Mordo actually you know like he's ashamed of his daughter and he's the one who has to stop his daughter and he was uh good all along and they're not good all along but like you know genuine in his um repentance here yeah, yeah. and then he goes to literal christian heaven <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what a pivot <laughs> like because baron mordo was afraid of death and he's just like with all the you know evil i've done with in my life uh-huh. all the you know like wheeling and dealing with demons and devils and i'm afraid of dying and you know what the afterlife holds for me yeah and yeah. Doctor Strange is like, well, with that redemptive act of stabbing your daughter, I'm sure God will make room. <laughs> I'm sure God will make room for you. Yeah. And then we see his soul and then he rise does. To heaven. <laughs> like Doctor Strange mentioned, like God will forgive you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he goes to heaven. It's so funny. Uh, um, yeah, but you know what? Like all mortals go to heaven. It is sounds the, is stupider the the story. with me describing it than it is in the comic. Like. Demetrius kind of sells this. Like when I was reading this, I was not laughing at how stupid it is. Yeah, yeah, you know, I right. Was, I was a- along for the ride. That's it, like, that's some confidence in craftsmanship when, yeah, when a storyteller yeah, can great. be like, "Hey, this thing that you're going to describe later that's going to sound insane, you're going to buy in wholeheartedly while it's happening." Totally, because totally, I'm telling a good yeah. story. Yeah, I appreciate that about it. Even though it it Mark is. Buckingham, um, just pointing out Mark Buckingham's art here, I love the weird doughy faces that he does, especially when he draws someone looking really sad yeah and it looks like their faces really melted their faces drooped like mm-hmm. a foot down into their chin he does that in uh fables quite a bit like i can remember specifically geppetto uh looking like this or pinocchio that guy and uh and yeah that that's like a trademark of his work i really like yeah yeah it's good stuff these are really good comics i was glad i uh, glad i checked them out I'm glad i could yeah, be able to add them to the this. list because it, it definitely had something good to the bunch um it, this is also the era of totally forgotten evil daughters um because you get mordo's <laughs> evil daughter we have this with doc yeah. ock I, I don't think it's actually his literal daughter but you have the female doc ock going on, on the page of spider-man which obt dubs a jm's writing those <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. he's pulling the, he's pulling things left and right from his repertoire which I is wonder quite what was long happening with him and his daughter at the moment. <laughs> yeah sure right is there some he, he's just having a rebellious teen daughter and he's taking it out on her through uh <laughs> yeah the uh, the comic yeah but if uh if any if any creators out there need a hook evil uh forgotten daughters of Mm -hmm. various supervillains from the 90s bring them back have them form a club uh we got daughters of the dragon that's you know misty knight and colleen wing they're they're good maybe this could be daughters of the devil right they could do something i think uh, like scarlet witch really needs to come back but like it's bad this time maybe scarlet witch could be their mom figure bad daughter yeah yeah but also a daughter so all right so mcu s dubs comes back as well she is a bad daughter because uh she's magneto's daughter too so she fits right in as well exactly that's what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah. enough uh, according to me not bad enough did you say me only uh 
GMD Mateus just tweeted out uh, some Doctor Strange stuff three days ago that they're reprinting, like, 90s Doctor Strange. Uh Uh-huh. And he said, really enjoyed working on Doc back in the 90s, and he's a character I'd love to revisit. There you go. There you go. Go and get it, JM. You know, we didn't we didn't read about this, but we talked about it. He also writes a graphic novel called Doctor Strange into Shambhala. Um, mm-hmm. I tried it and I couldn't get into it, but I know a lot of people dig that as well. Yeah. So if you like this, it might be worth a might he's, be worth. He's such out. an interesting uh, writer because he can be like I wouldn't say he's hit or miss in that like he writes comics that I hate, but like he has such like such high highs, and then he's got a lot of stuff that's just kind of like yeah, that's fine. He's okay. I mean, it's kind of emblematic of the era, though, where it's like he's very workmanlike. You know, he's he's yeah, a professional. He's a, lot of he's a professional, mm-hmm. right? And that yeah. means there's a lot oh. of churn, and it's not all. He doesn't get to pick his spots necessarily. Yeah. But I but I do think yeah, you know so, we talked about things just converge. And, yeah, yeah, we talked about in the past how like Andesenti's Daredevil being as uncomplete on Marvel Limited as it was and uncollected mm-hmm. for the longest time is like just like this absurd oversight. Um, Dematty stuff on Moon Knight, on Doctor Strange, like there's a lot of his, like a weird amount of his stuff that is uncollected. The Man Thing run that I referenced earlier, a lot of his stuff is like not uh, canonized the way that it could be. And that seems really strange to me because the guy wrote Craven's Last Hunt. The guy wrote yeah. Justice League International. Like dude has written some of the biggest, most influential superhero comics. So that's that's something that I hope to see corrected in the near future because it's a weird one i don't get it i don't even know if they've actually filled out the nascenti run entirely do you i mean no because i i wouldn't have gone back i i mean the issues they didn't have you know in the earlier parts of that run are definitely less consequential than what comes after um but again it's flipping daredevil (laughs) and it's one of the most interesting influential runs runs like i mean chip sadarsky's out here writing a great daredevil run and he's constantly being like yeah the nascenti run is my favorite (laughs) like like that stuff should be available um it's weird that it's not so yeah i don't know if they filled it in yet or not we we haven't done an interview in a while but i've been like dreaming about getting somebody from marvel unlimited who like works for the app uh in like how they decide to add stuff what the process is like i would love to talk yeah 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 send out some feelers my dude i've i've had some leads in the past on stuff like that um i've never gotten especially far because they need certain require they need certain approvals you know, from the corporate overlords to do that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But, but I love the idea. I love the gumption. Uh, you know yeah, who else well, I tried to get an interview with a number of times is Mr. Jam himself. Um, I have tried Ooh, that yeah. a bunch. And uh, I've seen him go on smaller shows than ours. Uh, but, you know, people... I mean, uh, he's, twe- he's tweeted at me <laughs> before, like, or responded to tweets. He, he did tweet like, at you, yeah. Zach, can I please come on the show? And you ghosted him, and I was, <laughs> which was a big power play. And I was like, sorry, I'm not on Twitter anymore. <laughs> I can't respond to this. <laughs> you really cost us big with your antisocial behavior. Uh, <clears throat> that's unfortunate. But, yeah. I am still referencing Twitter a lot, despite, like, that J.M.D. Mateus tweet that I found. I was just Googling J.M.D. Mateus, and Twitter popped up on my Google search. I wasn't on Twitter. I just need everyone to know that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Anti-social. I'm much Zach. happier than all of you. That's yeah. the point here. No, it's it shows. Um, okay, so that was Heroes Reborn. I mentioned at the start of this that uh, I'm probably going to add. Uh, yeah, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to add something disgusting. for 1996. Let's keep this year going, right? That's all I'm saying. Let's, let's just keep the good times rolling. <laughs> yeah, who wants to move on from this era? Not me. You know what I'm adding for part five, or what I'm thinking about adding, is uh, I think I'm going to add the Amble Game universe. Mm-hmm. The Amble Game. <laughs> I, th- I think I got to do really it. really funny. Yeah, yeah. You really got me with that. 
DC and Marvel, baby. Crossover time. We got to do it. I feel, I read these for a Patreon bonus. Yeah, well, this is the 96 DC versus Marvel four issue. Yeah, I read so the, these. So I the read one them. that isn't well regarded, one. it's that one. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Those Not are the, the four I read and and, uh, and then the Ammo Game universe comes like in between a couple of those issues. There's 12 of them. It's when they do stuff like, you know, crossover Darkseid and Thanos. Oh, yeah. And Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange Fate. <laughs> it's not in Marvel Unlimited. Okay, none of these comics yeah, are going to no, be available to definitely. anyone. Uh, and we're probably going to read them. <laughs> these, oh, God. Um, these, uh, these titles are really funny. Yeah. Thorian of the new Asgods. <laughs> great love it <laughs> like mixing orion and thor that's really good um what an x patrol for doom patrol and some kind of x thing Makes spider sense. boy i'm guessing superman or uh, Superboy and spider-man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh anyway yeah we'll get into it later i guess this is the plan anyway i i will say uh on our patreon feed our bonus feed and i think it is open to the public so anyone can go on to patreon and find this um I did cover the first four issues of DC versus Marvel slash Marvel versus DC with Kurt and Aaron. Some the, of our this one, the '96 never... one, or the the good one, the yes. BCX Perez. The uh, I think it was this one from '96 because it was the one that like kept switching back and forth. It was like Marvel versus DC number three, yeah. DC versus Marvel number four. Because I I'm pretty sure it was this one. So I've never I've never nice. read either of them actually. Um, mm-hmm. but the the BCX Perez one got a ton of attention recently because they, they reprinted it. It was a big deal that they did that because um, George Perez was, you know, undergoing cancer treatment and obviously passed away uh, just in the past couple weeks. You know, rest in peace, George Perez. And there was a ton of outpouring of love and affection for the work, and deservedly so. But a lot of it centered around that book, uh, the the Busiak Perez, just um, DC vs. Marvel. And I, I'd never read it because I'm I just, like, topically don't feel that interested in it. Uh, but now I'm yeah. super curious. I'm like, people love that thing. Uh, love I that read... Thing. Wait, just a second. No, because this one, the one I read from night that's JLA Avengers you're thinking of. Yes, uh, thank you. You're right. The, you're right. Okay, because I read the DC vs. Marvel one is like Ron Mars and Peter David mm-hmm. is, are writing it. Mm-hmm. And then Dan Jurgens and Claudio Castellini are uh, are doing it. And I was like, I don't think I read anything by Busek and Perez. I would have remembered that. You're right. I don't know. What, JLA Avengers out, during the Avengers run. We'll, we'll is, throw that in when we're, when we're hitting 2003. Oh, this is 1983. Okay, so the, the, the Perez uh, Busek... No, it's 2003. 2003. Okay. Yeah. What am I seeing here? 1983 oh, okay, is probably the original, original idea that didn't come to yeah. fruition. And there yeah, was an interesting true. oral history of that on the <clears throat> beat somewhat recently, I think. Because they had an Uncanny X-Men New Teen Titans crossover. That's right. In the, uh, in the 90s. Walt Simonson yeah. jam. Or in the 80s. Yeah. Um, I think Claremont writes okay. that, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, we're not going to read that. I guess we'd be reading the... Ron Mars, Peter David one. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna read the one I'm not interested in. <laughs> yeah, which I read and it's fine. It's kind of just like, hey, it's my it's my guys. They're doing. There's a couple funny jokes. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't know. That maybe these other. Uh, I'll we'll pick and choose. I mean, there's 24 issues of other amalgam comics. No, no, no. But like, 12 only 12 of them are 96, and then the next 12 are 97. So we'll we'll just well, do come the original on. wave. We're not gonna revisit this in 97. I think we should just each randomly pick a few. An amalgam a year keeps away the deer. Absolutely. So you don't drive into a deer. That's what they say, saying-wise. They, they do. They, the insane people do say that. Uh, <laughs> amalgam. Um, would you yeah, say Would you say amalgam? Because I, I would say it's a, amalgamation, it's but when I say it as a no, comics a, universe, I'm like amalgam. amalgam. Now now I'm getting confused. No, it's amalgam. Amalgam. I think amalgam's more fun. 
Check out the Amel Gams on those comics. Here, just a second. I'm going to put my headphone up to the, the speaker. I don't know, if, or my microphone, see if you can hear this. Uh-huh. Amalgam. <laughs> did you hear that i heard it yes thank you thank okay. you for that clarification okay good so uh so next time you can hear us mispronounce amalgam and uh read some yeah, comics you we'll actually are thrown off my ability to say that word correctly i know i had it i had no I, full confidence that i know how to say that word and now you keep saying it that way and i'm like just is? just wait till we get through this episode Am- next week because amalgam it, right it is amalgam well, it's not gum <laughs> There's no way. All no, right. I know it's not. I'm saying that you're... All right. Arriva Dare. I'm recording this one with Charlotte. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Dave. You can find yeah. stuff at Comic Herald. <laughs> you can find tweets from my mother this year, at my mother this year, but definitely not by Zach. He's antisocial. Definitely not by me. I'm uh, you can support the show over at patreon.com slash my mother this year. Rate and review on iTunes for our praise and affection. Mm-hmm. That's kind of true. <laughs> Music for the show is by Disaster Peace. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next year. See you next year.